Hello and welcome to the Three Pints Betting Podcast with myself, James from the Betting Desk, Tom Love from We Love Betting Gold and Jerry Taylor from Jerry Taylor's Tips. Hello chaps, how are we? Yeah, very good, thank Oh, you're both quite desperate to talk. <laughs> this is always a good sign for business. So it's a short, shortened card this week. Uh, obviously, most of the European leagues and the Premier League isn't playing, so something slightly a little bit different this week. We're gonna we've got some bets from the EFL in Scotland, and then we're gonna go through um, which teams have surprised us and which teams have disappointed us so far this season. Uh, and then we've got a little bit on on who we think might be good outside bets for the top six in their respective divisions. Um, so we'll start as usual. We'll, we'll let Tom go first with his favourite bets for, from, uh, from across the, the the country, and then we'll go on to Jerry. Tom, take us away. Yeah, cheers. Um, there's three three bets from me. There's one in League Two, and the other two are in League One. Actually, I'll start with the one in League Two. Um, just Exeter at home against Hartlepool at five to six with William Hill. I think that's a, a perfectly acceptable price. Um, Exeter on on our ratings anywhere to sit in second for XG ratio 62%, which is good going. You know that is promotion ratio you're looking at there, uh, creating around 1.56 and conceding less than one XG per game. Um, I think that Matt Taylor, the manager, has had a bit of a rough ride with. Some key players getting injured. Um, they, they had a bit of a nightmare with COVID as well, as most teams did, to be fair. But he has pretty much all his key players available, bar Sam Nombe, the striker. Um, and I, I just think that at home, they're a sound bet here against the worst away side in the league. I mentioned Hartlepool um, last week. It might be in a week before. Uh, their away record is terrible. Um, I'm not sure if they've, uh, they've, they've well, they've won one game. I mentioned that was against Bradford. Hartlepool also played a very strong side in the EFL Trophy midweek at home against Charlton. So I, I guess a, well, at least half of them players will be playing again here, and that is a monumental trip from Hartlepool down to Exeter um, after playing a midweek game. And obviously, these teams have been playing twice a week for well, at least a month, two months now. So I think Exeter, with the players that they've got back, they've had a week to prepare for this game. And I think that um, when you've got the likes of Giovanni Brown, who's one of the best creators in the league, I'd say, uh, Matt Jay, who's kind of gone off the boil a little bit, but midfield of Archie Collins and Tim Deang. They've complemented each other really well. I love the fullbacks, um, Caprice and Josh Key, just flying forward. They get involved too. And um, Sweeney's back uh, at the back. And Diabate, the, the youngsters coming at centre half and done really well. He got a goal at Walsall last time out, uh, got man of the match too. So, yeah, I think that they're a sound bet here. They've got most of the players back, as I mentioned. and. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense because if you're getting these kind of stats, um, not not only like the raw stats of wins and losses and home and away form, but the data as well. You know, Exeter second and Hartlepool down in around 18th XG ratio uh, and they drop even further around 20th away from home. And you not won't be getting around five to six about that. So I think they'll go off more of an eight to eleven shot, possibly even a bit shorter than that. Um so I think Exeter are a strong bet in League Two this weekend. Um they'll they'll probably be, be my nap of the weekend potentially. Um yeah, I think that's a, a great price about them. Yeah, um I, in, I, I, I couldn't work out the Hartley Paul price, or sorry, the Exeter price, because the only thing I could think of is that, that Hartlepool started the season well, didn't they? Probably better than most of us expected. Um, but since sort of a, a late October, they've been in pretty much free fall. Uh, and away from home, they've only won one game. Yeah, uh, and they've lost pretty much every other one. And um, I think I put um, Carlisle drawn or bet up 
in that game away to them. They, they should have won that Carlisle, but yeah, Hartlepool getting a lot of respect from the market. Um, I'm not quite sure why. I think one of the better players was Bury, who was on loan from Millwall. He's no longer there. Um, Matty Daly has actually left. He's now at Bradford. He was one of their best players going forward too. And yeah, they're getting a lot of respect. I think a lot of it's coming off their defensive data from earlier in the season, which was very strong uh, under Chaloner. But he's not there anymore. Um, I think like, it's yet, yet to be seen how Graham Lee is as, as a manager. He started off pr- relatively well. Did well to get through to the, um, I think it's the semi-finals now. Um, they, they beat Charlton on penalties, I believe. Um, but I think that's going to take quite a bit out of them here. And yeah, it's a massive, massive distance to travel that. And for a League Two side, you know, I doubt they'll be getting a plane or anything down. Um, yeah, I think so. I, I, I think you're right, Tom. It must be the home form. Their home form is 1-7, uh, drawn 4, lost 2. Their away form is... 1-1, one, one, drawn 2, lost 10. Um, yeah. Haven't scored in, you know, quite many scored eight away goals all season. Um, yeah, and and even the home form, just looking at it, the 14th on XG ratio at home, so they're getting a bit lucky in them home games, winning by one goal a lot of the time. Um, I, I expect them to regress. They're a team that I'm quite keen to get against whilst the market's got a lot of respect for them. I think it's something that they're, uh, the market's missing out on a little bit there. And, uh, yeah, I think Exeter at home are always a bet for me when they've got pretty much all their forward players available. I think what, what Matt, Matty Taylor did well there is bringing uh, Zanzala on loan from Barrow. Not really worked for him at Barrow. I actually backed him at around 66-1 to 1 each way for top scorer because I expected Barrow to go quite well and him to... Um, be leading the line um, more on Barrow in a bit but I think that Exeter uh, he's settled in really well there scored on his debut I believe he had a couple of shots on target last time out um, so him up front with Jay and Brown that's still really strong so yeah I think they're a great bet at 5-6 to six. yeah and um, I had a couple more actually in League 2 that I like um, a few of them are on my uh, channel but I'm, I'm going to go into League one for my other two bets. Um, quite a simple one, this. I'm going to sound like a broken record, no doubt, but I'm going to go with BTTS, both teams to score, Accrington versus Markham. Um, we backed something similar. I think we backed over four and a half goals in this, um, in the reverse fixture, and that ended 3 3. And yeah, they're meeting again. And Accrington, I've mentioned at home, they, they just go for it. Um, even though a lot of their kind of recent home games have seen under two and a half, this is going to be a game where they, they know that they can go out and try win it. Um, but Markham looked really good in that home win against Wickham of where um, 3-2 that ended. Kind of a classic Markham game that. But they, they absolutely smashed the shots in. I think they won the XG quite comfortably. Uh, Jonah Ayunga was excellent in that game. He had nine shots, so I think he's around seven to two to score any time. Maybe have a look at him if, if you're after a goal scorer. Um, but yeah, I think they'll be full of confidence. And Accrington, don't fear anyone. They go away to decent teams. They get shots off. They get really good corner numbers, even against the better sides as well. Um, so it might be one for your bet builders here if you like goals and corners, that kind of thing. But yeah, I just think BTTS at 17 to 20, again, with two teams that are very free-flowing going forward, pretty poor at the back. Um, Malcolm should bring a fair few fans to that game as well, I would imagine, because it's not, not a massive trip. So yeah, I'm expecting more entertainment involving these two sides. And BTTS 17 to 20, that with William Hill, I think it is. Um, I'd expect that to be maybe a four to six shot if it was a Premier League game. Um, I don't really... It's, again, it's one of these decent prices that you get in the lower divisions. Um, so, yeah, I'm all over that. And finally, I'm going to go Lincoln to beat Burton and over two and a half goals at five to two with Bet365. Bit of a bigger price for you here. Um, I, I 
I couldn't really make my mind up if I wanted to go with Lincoln to win or over two and a half goals. So I've just doubled them up um, and gone for the bigger price, gone a bit greedier. Um, something to cheer on. And yeah, I, I think I mentioned I'm, I'm keen to get against Hartlepool in, in the next kind of couple of weeks and probably for the rest of the season. But one team I'm really keen to get with whilst the market's uh, not respecting them, and rightfully so, because, you know, the data and the results aren't great. But um, Lincoln are a team that I want to side with. It's always interesting seeing what Lincoln do in January. I think they're probably the best team for me in the EFL in terms of recruitment in January. I think Appleton has loads of contacts from his time at West Brom, you know, dealing with youth teams. Um, he obviously knows a lot of people because he works the loan market better than any other manager in the EFL, in my opinion. Um, and he's brought in some some decent players there. Um, I think that John Marquis scoring on his debut is massive. I think any, well, most teams in League One would love to have him. Um, not really done it this season at Pompey, um, but he probably feared that he'd be a bit in and out of the side there. I don't think the, the football that... Um, the Cowboys player necessarily suit him. Um, but yeah, they've brought in, um, they've still got Teddy Bishop who they brought in on a, a free, I think. But it's what they're doing at the top of the pitch. And Cullen from Swansea, that's an excellent buy. Um, I think Morgan Whitaker's there as well, um, which another player who could probably play in the championship. But you know, managers are trusting these players. We've seen Brennan Johnson go out on loan to Lincoln last season, and now he's one of the best players in the championship at the minute with Nottingham Forest. Um, Morgan Rogers as well, who got a move to Bournemouth on the back of that loan spell with Lincoln last year. So, yeah, they're right to kind of put their trust in in Appleton and they're, they're just going to add more quality going forward which they have been lacking to be fair um, they didn't really have a recognised striker who was doing it for them um, but Marquis is that and with Anthony Scully on the wing McGrandles who's been good this season I think that they're going to score goals here and I think Burton are quite ideal opponents um, Burton pretty poor away from home this season they've got most of the points at home. Um, I noticed that their XG is quite good of work, um, but they were battered against MK Dons midweek. Uh, I know that that game only ended 1-0, but it was all MK and they got the work goal, deservedly so as well. Um, but yeah, they're a team that they, they did get that win at Gillingham. Um, I think that was a very rare away win. But you've seen them kind of go to Wickham, they've lost 2-1. They went to Rotherham, lost 3-1. Um, so they're going to the Wigan, lost 2-0. Um, and they actually lost against Plymouth away 2-1 as well. So when they do lose, they tend to get on the score sheet, to be fair. Um, they might nick a goal here, but um, I think Lincoln can score a couple here and get the win. So 5-2, bit of a longer price, um, but very, very keen to side with Lincoln this half of the season whilst they're going off at decent odds. Yeah, good price, mate, on that one. Um, like the Accrington Morecambe bet. I saw Accrington last week um, when they played Ipswich. Uh, incredibly mm. physical. Um, yeah. Doesn't matter where the ball is, it goes in the air, they scrap for it. They're a huge team. Um, they, they'll put a lot of teams under a lot of pressure. Um, not so clever at the back, but going forward, you, you, you always felt they had a chance corners, set pieces, they, they were really good. So um, Well, they, they obviously work around that because I, I've absolutely. noticed that they've got a big team, but they're putting up some serious corner numbers um, for any kind of corner that is accurate. And I think they've got six at Ipswich. Um, so they clearly work. Their system is to get the ball wide, I guess, or get the ball in the final third and put pressure on them there and just try and get off with the set pieces because then it's pretty much a 50-50 battle but it probably is now weighted in their favour with the height that they do have so 
yeah, no surprise from John Coleman. Very clever in what he does to try to get an edge. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Jimmy, what have you got for us this week? Yeah, I've got a couple of bets in um, Scotland, gents. Um, it's a team I highlighted a couple of weeks ago on the pod. It's Kilmarnock. Um, the summary so far since Derek McInnes took over, they've had a comfortable win in Dumfries against Queen of the South. Then they had a bit of an iffy performance in a Friday night game away to Partick Thistle. Missed a couple of big chances, granted, but in fairness, Partick Thistle were the best team on, on the night there, so you did it. Um, Dundee United was the team that knocked Kelly out last week. Kelly took them to extra time. But um, that's probably been the pick of the three performances so far under Derek McInnes against the, the team for the higher league. Kilmarnock were actually applauded off the pitch, um, which is unusual when you get knocked out of the cup, but the players' effort was, was excellent. Apart from the first 15 minutes where Dundee United dominated, it was pretty much an end-to-end cup tie, and Kilmarnock arguably, arguably had the better chances later on in the tie, but um, Dundee United, with their quality, just nicked it. Kyle Lafferty was brought in. He came in the second half last week, and a couple of the other new signings, Ash Taylor, Dylan Tate, look great addition. so I'm sure Kelly's going to push on. This weekend, um, Kelly are actually playing Inverness. Inverness are sitting second in the league, Kelly third, but if you actually can uh, um, really drill into Inverness's form in the last few months, it's been quite horrendous. The last 16 games that they've played, they've only won three games in 90 minutes out of the last 16 matches, so how they're still second in the league, sort of. It just shows you how teams are beating one another, that sort of thing. They're, they're still clinging on to second. Really fancy Kelly here. I flagged it up last Sunday on the, the channel at 65 against, um, 2.20. Um, I flagged it up as probably a, a, a team that should be going off a shade of odds on. I'm quite surprised just now. There is still about 11 to 10 against available um, in a few places for, for Kilmarnock to, to, to win on Saturday against Inverness. But Really think you know there's something happening. They cheered off the pitch, sort of stuff. It's kind of reminiscent at the start of the Steve Clark area where the fans really um, were applauding the team's effort for getting stuck into Dundee United. And on another day, they, they would have you know come through that tie. So I really think odds against Kilmarnock is is worth snapping up for guys and girls on the, tuning into the podcast. This is Thursday evening, but hopefully the pod's out tomorrow morning. You can grab a bit of that before it does go on. The kind of trend with the Scottish games is you do get a wee bit of a plunge on some favourites uh, in the last 24 hours be- before the kickoffs. So that's my first main selection after uh, submitting done the business as a main selection last week at 2019-20. Uh, my next pick, guys, is Airdrie into League One. Um, Airdrie have been kind of going under the radar a wee bit because Cove Rangers in League One have been kind of opening up quite a gap in first place but Airdrie are doing their best to cling on to their coattails in second um, Airdrie they've got some really good midfielders there now Kerr McEnroy's in loan for Celtic Rhys McCabe um, we Adam Frizzell Frizzy and Dylan Easton's a guy that really pulls all the strings Callum Gallagher up front chips in with a few goals but Airdrie last week got knocked out of the Scottish Cup for Partick Thistle 1-0, but they kind of gave as good as they got there and, you know, uh, give a good account of themselves. Midweek, Airdrie were cruising against Clyde 2-0, but somehow drew the game to each. But when I've been looking uh, at the data in that game, they actually battered Clyde. You know, I think they had 18 shots um, and how... Clyde, in fairness, have been mugging teams all season, you know, with two or three attacks and getting goals against them, so that's understandable. But I expect Airdrie to bounce back this weekend. They're playing Queen's Park, who play at Partick Thistle's home ground for Hill. As I say, Airdrie played quite well on that pitch last week against Partick Thistle. So the price, 11-5 with William Hills for Airdrie, just kind of jumps off the page a bit. Um, they shouldn't be that price. Um Prior to the two games I've just described that Airdrie have had, they were 11 wins out of 14 prior to the two games. Um, Queen's Park, on the other hand, their last 11 games, they've got one win. So how Queen's Park are going off as, as favourites here is a bit of a surprise, to be honest. Um, so Airdrie are definitely the team in form out of the two. 11 to 5, I think that's where the juice lies, guys. Uh, that's a bit of a juicy price. Airdrie won last time out uh, about a month or two ago against Queen's Park. They beat them 1-0. There has been a few tight games prior to that this season between the two in the Cups and stuff. But uh, I think Airdrie, that price, are worth taking to come out and top just based on their midfield, the way they're playing and the two respective forms of the two teams there. So that's my second pick in the Scottish Leagues this weekend, guys. Thanks, mate. Um, I've got a bet from from League One. Uh, I'm going to look at Fleetwood and Cambridge and I'm going to take both teams to score. Um, mainly around sort of what I'm seeing from Fleetwood. 
Um, but Cambridge, I've sort of going under the radar a little bit. Uh, they've actually outscored in 11 of their 12 away games. The only game they didn't was Charlton, and they still managed to generate a 1.1 xG. Uh, since late October, played 14, won six, drawn three, lost five. But the games they lost were MK Dons, Rotherham, Sunderland, Charlton, and Rotherham. So games you'd expect them to to lose. Um, yet they still managed to score uh, against four of those five. Um, bottom half is decent. You know, they've scored in 13 of their 15 games against the bottom half sides and conceded in, in over half of those. Uh, on the road, just the three clean sheets. Um, so, again, looking at goals at both ends there, I think Mark Bonner's has done a fantastic job there. Uh, he's come up from the ranks. Um, they have lost their top scorer in Ironsides. Um, he's injured. But Sam Smith you know, is adequate to replace that. Uh, and I like what they've got. So I think Jack uh, uh, Lancashire um, signed from Ipswich in the close season. He's now back after a back injury. Uh, and he's, he's he's got good left foot. And I think he'll be you know, definitely add some. Got Wes Houlihan that will just sit in the midfield. Uh, he's still got plenty of quality. Uh, and I think they'll cause Fleetwood some problems. Uh, on the road, their games average 3.17. They score 1.5 goals per game on average, and that's the sixth best in the division. So Cambridge United have six highest scores on the road. Uh, but the other end, they concede 1.67 per match, which is the 17th best. So we should see goals at, at both ends there. And we look at Fleetwood. Um, they lost their best defender. Uh, Hill's gone to, um, he's good, he's scored twice already. They've signed Josh Harp um, from Preston today on loan. They've got Pilkington and a few others in there. It's a bit of quality and a bit of experience in there. But Fleetwood have conceded 48 goals this season. Only Donny and Mork have actually conceded more. Uh, home games average 3.36. Uh, 1.71 goals scored per game, which is the seventh highest. Um, but 1.64 conceded, which is the 23rd. So only one side concedes more home games. 79% have gone over two and a half. 57 of both teams have scored. Um, they've only failed to score in three games. Um, and just the three clean sheets. So uh, I think we should see goals here. You look at some of their home games this season, 3-2 Wigan, 2-2 Sunderland, 3-3 Wickham, 3-3 Plymouth, and 3-2 Cheltenham. Uh, defensively, 23rd for shots on target conceded, 24 for shots in the box. They're a, uh, they are a side that will give the opposition uh, chances, and I think Cambridge, even though they are missing Ironside, will get chances and will be able to score here. But I also fancy Fleetwood to get on the score sheet, uh, as they have done in the majority of their home games. So both teams to score at 1.8 is my first pick uh, from the EFL. Uh, second bet, I'm actually going to the championship, uh, and I'm going to take Preston to score one and a half goals, or two goals or more, at home to Bristol City. Uh, and that's trading at about 2.05, just over even money. And I quite like the look of that. Uh, since uh, Lowe's come into Preston, they've been really, really good. 1-3, drawn two, lost one. They've scored one and a half goals in four to six games and scored in five to six. I know it's a small sample, but I thought they were really good against West Brom um, last night. Uh, I thoroughly deserved to win the game. Um, they've brought some good players. Uh, Cameron Archon's come on loan from Villa, um, described as a good fox in the box, and I, and I, th- I think he'll, he'll, he'll be good. Uh, Jackson's got 10 goals already for them. Uh, they've got Ched Evans, Scott Sinclair, uh, and the defender, one of the, uh, um, Seb van der Berg from Liverpool. I mean, Klopp's been saying what a good player he'll be in coming. He's been getting rave reviews at Preston this season. He looks a really good centre-half. Um, Preston have scored in 12 of the 13 home games this season, and they average 1.38 goals per game. So there's definitely opportunities, I think, for Preston to be able to get onto the score sheet and score a couple. And the other end, Bristol City, I think, are, are, are poor. Um, they've conceded 49 goals this season. Only Reading and Posh have conceded more. They've conceded in every away game. They've conceded 1.5 goals or more in 10 of 13 games. The only three games they didn't is that was when they beat QPR to 2-1, lost to Millwall 1-0 and beat Cardiff 2-1. Um, but, but interestingly, the QPR game, QPR actually generated 2.28 xg on that game so they should have scored at least a couple of goals defensively statistics look really poor 2.3 goals conceded for every game on the road that's 23rd they're 22nd for shots conceded 21st for shots on target 22nd for touches in the box 21st for shots in the box and 21st for shots on the target so on target in the box it's really really poor um 
they're trying to sign Norwich defender closer. Uh, he's been there. He's been training with them. He doesn't want to commit for some reason. And I think that's probably because he's looking to see what other options he's got. Uh, Nigel Pearson's the, the, the manager there. Uh, um, he's old school. I don't think he's going to be able to, to motivate this team, mainly full of youngsters. They've got limited money. Um, you know, they've only won you know, three, three away games. You exclude the QPR match. They've won three other games, beg your pardon. They beat Peterborough, who's hit 22nd, Reading, who's hit 21st, and Cardiff, who's hit 20th. And they drew with Hull, 2-2, who's hit 19th. All the other games on the road, they've lost to. Um, they've got some injuries. George Tanner, Matty James, Atkinson and, and King are all out. And I think they're going to be scraping about to have a half-decent side put out. They will be good going forward. I wouldn't surprise if they do get a goal. But Preston to score one and a half goals at over even money, given Bristol City's defensive frailties, looks a good bet to me. I think that wraps up the bets for this week. Anything else, chaps, before we move on? No, not for me, mate. Just a long shot. Go on, mate. Let's hear your long shot. Well, it's it's not so much as uh, other weeks, I guess. But I'm going to take Doncaster at four to one. They're at home against Plymouth, and yeah, I know Doncaster aren't great, but um, they did win last time out. Really impressive win at MK Dons, and um, I actually quite like the business that they've done in in the window so far. And yeah, Plymouth. Just looking at them. Obviously, you just mentioned about Ryan Lowe. He he was influential there. Obviously, his assistant, Steve Schumacher, um, is now the full-time manager there. But I don't know. I, I don't think they're... I thought they were on a bit of a decline anyway um, this season under Lowe. So the, the fans weren't as gutted as they would have been if it were, if he went in the summer, for example. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that... They're a team that I, I'm not having as eight to eleven away from home, not not in the state that they're in at the minute. So it's purely a price-driven thing. This and Doncaster, yeah, I mentioned the signings. I think Josh Martin on loan from Norwich is is a wonderful signing. Apparently, he was excellent in that game against MK, um, and they signed Ollie Younger, who was getting. <laughs> I think he got the man of the match from from the club. In that game on debut, on loan from I might might stand on a permanent actually from uh, Sunderland. Kyle Noyle at right back, still got some quality in midfield with Tommy Rowan Smith, uh, Kieran Agard's in there now as well. So they've got some League One experience, and they just signed a lad called Mipo Odebako, who I think. Would be if he went there to start the season. I think he'd probably be on around ten goals. Um, unfortunately for him, he went on loan to Huddersfield uh, in a league above and didn't get a sniff. He didn't really play in it at all. A uh, bit of a waste of a loan that. Um, this is the thing with some some clubs send send the players out on loan to Championship sides who have five or six strikers and the loanees never get a sniff. So I, th- I think that if it was the other way around and he was in League One, um, he'd have done really well and probably got a move in January to a championship club and then started. Um, but he, he's on loan from West Ham and they've got a lot of uh, a lot of hope for him. Um, I know David Moyes has, has spoken really highly about him. He came in towards the end of last season and got a couple of games for West Ham. Um, so say he's dropping down to League One, uh, proper proper goal scorer and I think that that's what they've missed of Doncaster um, and yeah the, the, it was a really thin squad um, Richie Wellens I mean he got sacked I think if they stayed with him and kind of got these kind of players in I think that he'd, he'd probably keep them up um, whether McSheffrey can keep them up I'm not so sure but yeah I think I look at their squad now uh, on paper and I don't see too much difference player for player compared to Plymouth, if I'm honest. Um, two two very, well, two managers who are novices, both very young, just just starting the coaching career, really, in, in terms of first-team manager. Um, and Doncaster, 4-1 with bet 365. If they go two goals up, you'll get paid out 
like that as well. So yeah, four to one. It's not a massive price long shot, but I can't believe that. I'd have them short than three to one. I probably have them five to two in this match. Uh, so four to one's very disrespectful. Thanks, mate. Jerry, have you got a long shot this weekend? Yeah, I certainly have. Um, I'm either going to be hero or zero <laughs> this week. I'm going to be brave this week, guys. I'm tipping against a team that in the last 12 games they've won 10 and sorry, they've won 10 and drawn two in the last 12 matches. I'm going against Glasgow Rangers. Um, they're away to Ross County at lunchtime on Saturday. Um, the reason, a few reasons I'll go into. First of all, Rangers in midweek, yeah, well, previous midweek they sort of struggled up at Aberdeen. Aberdeen missed an a, a opportunity. Rangers were a bit there for the taking for Aberdeen to grab the three points, but ended up a one each draw. Um, and then uh, last night they had a wee, wee bit of a toil again at home to Livingston, where they just scored in the last 15, 20 minutes, Rangers. Um, looking at the Rangers lineup last night against Livy, um, the five most attacking players, Rangers, were Scott Wright. Um, James Sands, Alex Lowry, Cedric Eaton from the Bundesliga back, return from, I won't tell me to pronounce this for me, Grotterfurt. <laughs> Grotterfurt. That's better, I knew you'd be better, Tom. Uh, <laughs> Fashion Sakala, um, that was the front five Rangers. Scott Wright's been getting pelters from the Rangers fans. The aforementioned Cedric Eaton as well, they're not happy with him. And the two young lads, Sands and Lowry, you know, they look promising players that are just bedding in the, the first team squad. Sakala, his, his season's been a bit stop-start. He's not delivered as much as we thought, and he's been injured as well. So... The Rangers line-up the new doesn't look the strongest. Alfredo Morelos, I think, is away in international duty. Um, Ross County have been kind of flying under the radar up here, guys. Uh, Malky Mackay, mm. ex-Celtic player. They started with probably the toughest six fixtures at the start of the season that you know, MD could have selected for them, league-wise. And they had COVID. They were badly hit with COVID in the early league cup, cup ties where they had to give up three points and for a couple of games so since then since the end of October I think they've really picked up they've been winning games drawing games losing games but they, you know for a team like Ross County to be winning games and drawing games good going but when you actually analyse their home games they played Rangers at the end of August and lost 4-2 up in the Highlands but since then that's nine games they've played in a row Ross County at home um, the last nine games at home they've actually bagged 17 goals so for a team that are perennial strugglers running about the relegations on that's great going for Ross County 17 goals at home in nine games Rangers I just think are vulnerable at the moment um, they've got the old firm game on the horizon next midweek as well so they'll be having one eye on that over their shoulders I just think lunchtime kick off the team lineup that I uh, rhymed off the players it isn't the strongest Rangers lineup of all time. Giovanni Van Bronckhurst has done fantastic since he come in, but Malky Mackay with his connections, I think he'd love to kind of you know get his team to do the business here and get get a win against Rangers. Um, as I say, Van Bronckhurst has done well. He's brought in Ahmed Diallo today on loan from Man United, which obviously the context looks a great loan signing, but. The, the young lad's no played lots of minutes with Man United, has he, guys? And I just don't think he'll... If he's thrown in Saturday lunchtime, I don't know how, how ready he'll be to, to go to impact, but I'm sure he's going to be a good player over the coming weeks for Rangers. But I'm going to stick my neck out. Ross County are 9-1. They were 10-1 yesterday, so there's been a wee nibble there. Um, that's with Matchbook. Um, if guys want to hold off to Saturday morning, because you sometimes get a good volume of money coming for the favourites, Rangers, just based on the, the fan base and the guys' actors up and down the country, Scotland and England. So that may get a wee bit bigger again, that price. But a sporting bet this week for the long shot guys, Ross County to beat Rangers. Thanks, mate. Decent price. Um, yes. I'm going to save my long shot until we do a further section later in the podcast. Um, but, Tom, you want to talk about. Teams that have surprised us and teams that have disappointed us. So, would you like to kick off? Yeah, I just thought it'd be an interesting thing to touch on now. We're kind of halfway through the season. Um, looking back at our kind of anti-post selections and 1-24s that everyone does and seeing how much of a fool you look. And one side that's made me look uh, probably more than a fool is Huddersfield, who I actually had in, in the bottom three. Um I, ju I just thought they weren't very convincing um, towards the back end of last season under Carlos Corberan. I wasn't totally enamoured by the business that they did. Um, well, before we, we kind of did our anti-post stuff, but 
you know, fair play to him. He's brought in some players who, who have worked, uh, especially Levi Colwell, uh, centre-half on loan from Chelsea. Wouldn't surprise me if he gets game time for Chelsea next season because he, he just looks like a proper modern centre-half, done really well in that formation. And to be fair to Colbrand, he's kind of stick, stick with this formation that he's got, you know, three centre-halves, uh, the wing-backs in Toffolo and Sauber Thomas, who that's another inspired signing. I think he came from Boreham Wood um, and the, he's managed to get into the Wales squad with his performances. For the Terriers, midfield, Hogg, who's a, a player very comfortable in the Championship, and Lewis O'Brien, who's just getting better and better. Um, I know that when you kind of cross-reference where they are in the league, um, I think they're in the playoff reckoning. I mean, it doesn't really stack up when you look at the data. This is one thing that you kind of have to look at um, a, a bit deeper. You know, are these teams deservingly where they are? And Huddersfield ultimately operating with a negative XG ratio, uh, 46%. They're only creating one XG per game. Um, so it might catch up on them a bit. But to be in the position where they are at the minute, considering I have them in the bottom three, um, yeah, I think that they're they're one of the sides that have really impressed. Um, and another side, I think you you might touch on them as well, James, is, is Blackburn, um, who I was kind of keen to get against. I know quite a few people were because obviously Adam Armstrong left. Uh, no one really knew that Ben Brereton Diaz would turn into this goal-scoring machine. Um, you can kind of look at it in hindsight and think, oh, well, he did have um, kind of a decent upbringing. He was very well thought of at Nottingham Forest. Cost him quite a bit of money as well, did Blackburn for, for him. But he'd not really done it before because it was all about Armstrong. But I'm, I'm a big fan of Tony Mowbray. Um, but I just thought he didn't have the squad available to him to kind of sustain a, a decent kind of playoff push and I had them quite comfortably in the bottom half of the table and they're absolutely flying uh, in a really strong league up there with Fulham and the like so yeah Blackburn have done absolutely brilliantly and fair play to Mowbray deserves it had a, quite a struggle last season he, he kind of admitted that he didn't really enjoy last season at all with kind of no fans in the stadium. He likes all the the build-up to matches, you know, kind of getting involved with the fans. And, yeah, it's great to see him doing well. So they're my two kind of overachievers, Huddersfield and Blackburn. Uh, the underachievers, I'm going to go with Cardiff in the Championship, who, you know, Mick McCarthy is a, a manager that I did have quite a lot of time for but it just wasn't working for him and I think a lot of I've mentioned before a lot of managers have his ilk and his kind of experience the game's kind of passed them by now um I think the only manager you could probably say could still do a job in a short-term role would be Warnock um but we, we're seeing even with Nigel Pearson um we're talking off air about him at Bristol City it's not working for him there um, so these managers are kind of going a bit out of fashion. Chris Hewton as well, with this kind of more defensive approach when there's this fresh kind of impetus that uh, young managers are giving teams, uh, like Corbran, who I mentioned earlier. Um, so, yeah, I think that him getting sacked, it hasn't really changed anything particularly. I think that they're still struggling in the league table, the 20th. You know, they've lost 15 of 26 games. For a side that you know should be looking at the playoffs, that's I mean that's really really poor. Um, they lost Giles, who went on uh, back to Wolves, who was probably one of the best players. But they're very lucky that this championship is one of the worst I've ever seen um, from a, the quality perspective. You just look at that kind of bottom bottom kind of half, really, you know. Millwall, Swansea, who haven't been great, Birmingham, Hull, Reading, Peterborough, Derby, who were on minus points, and Barnsley. You know, it's probably the weakest championship for about a decade. Um, and for them to be still in a relegation battle, you know, they're only 
They're only three points ahead of Peterborough. Um, I don't think their kind of demise is getting talked about enough. And they they made the wrong decision sticking with Steve Morrison. I think they should have they should have gone out and got someone who knows the league better. Um, someone who's just got a bit more bit more of a CV about them. Um, but they've just not done it. They're seemingly doing stuff on the cheap. So yeah, I've been really disappointed with Cardiff. And another team that probably what no one else would have this down as a underachiever, but just from my personal point of view, Barrow in League Two, I had really high expectations for. I mentioned earlier about Zanzala up front, uh, Josh Gordon, and they've got Ollie Banks, who's one of the best midfielders in my opinion in League Two. Um, they always had a good defence, and they've got a good manager, I think, in Mark Cooper, but. It's just not worked for them. Um, I don't really know why. Um, their data's been okay, uh, but they, they're another team that have just really struggled. They've struggled for creativity. They've struggled to put a run together at all. Uh, and the, the club's just really flat at the minute, which is a real shame. And I just wonder where that leaves someone like Cooper, who got um, pied off really by Forest Green. Um, and you see how good Forrest Green are doing without him now. Um, people probably thought that was a bit of a harsh sacking, but you look at, you know, he, he got the players in that he wanted. You know, he asked Dale Vince, the owner, for more experience in that team. They got Jamil Matin up front, and he got injured, and it didn't really work for them after that. So, yeah, he's... You've got to wonder if he's got another EFL job about him. Um, Barrow, yeah, expected them to be kind of pushing for the playoffs, but they're right down there in the relegation scrap, and I've seen a few people tipping them up now for the drop. So, um, yeah, two disappointing teams there for me, Cardiff and Barrow, but really impressed with Huddersfield and Blackburn. Um, it'll be interesting to get your guys' thoughts. Uh, yeah, well, Huddersfield, start with Huddersfield. Um we, we spoke, I think it was last week, about the dangers of XG. Um, and I think Huddersfield fall into that bracket. Because if you look at Huddersfield, they're, they're sixth actually in the league, but expected points would have you mid-table in 12th. Um, you know, they are 15th for XG ratio, uh, 16th for, for shot ratio or shot and target ratio. But sometimes you have to try and look past some of the the... the the raw data to see what you're going to get. And they're a much better team than they are as a set of individuals. Um, and they've done incredibly well. As you quite rightly say, Tom, they're not, they're not, they're not a team you look at and go, Oh Christ, the data's good. I, I better start backing them at the odds. They are that they, you have to try and look at the other way around that the results are impressive, even though the underlying data is, is, is average at best. Um, Cardiff, uh, I think Mick McCarthy did an absolutely brilliant job at Ipswich. I know that's going to annoy a number of Ipswich fans, but, you know, limited budget, um, bottom six budget, you know, did, you know, every season bought and sold well and just managed to keep things ticking over. Um, if you... <laughs> well, yeah, but if you, if you add in the points that Reading and Derby have been deducted this season... Uh, Cardiff would be 22nd. Um, they are, you know, whereas their expected points would be 15th uh, and, you know, heading towards safety. Uh, it's just gone wrong for them. Um, so, um, yeah, I was surprised. I I, I posted up uh, in with our betting uh, pre, pre-season magazine, uh, Cardiff would finish in the top half. And it, was, it was a half-decent price. So I, I thought they'd be absolutely fine this season. Uh, I couldn't have been any any further wrong. Um, yeah, so agree. Cardiff very disappointing. Huddersfield surprised me. I thought they would be relegated quite comfortably. I thought the manager uh, didn't have a great deal of experience, never known English football experience, and I thought they'd struggle. But little do I know. <laughs> Same. Yeah, Blackburn have been brilliant, especially their home record, Tom. You know, I was at a yeah. Blackburn pool game years ago, years and years ago. I think Robbie Fowler actually scored the winner. But what took me was that the Blackburn fans really get behind their team. The atmosphere was cracking. And yeah. uh, they're buying into what Mowbray's doing this season. And, you know, their home record of late, apart from that 7-0 hammering for Fulham, Fulham the, the points are racking up at home. You know, they're pretty much winning every game, drawing occasionally. So that's that's going to give them a great chance of going up, isn't it? 
Yeah, and I think I think that the thing with Mowbray he doesn't let his players kind of get too high when they win and they don't get too low. I can remember his interview actually after that defeat against Fulham and he was really kind of just being a shield for his players, just saying, Look, it's just one of these things that happens, you know, there were obviously fans aren't gonna be happy after that, but you've seen what Fulham have done to other teams in this league yeah. and it's no real oh. surprise. So and that it was, since then they've been Unbelievable! That's that was kind of the cat, catalyst for them, and they're Definitely. doing this all without like ha- they had Harvey Elliott last season on loan, didn't they? Who who was excellent? He isn't there. Armstrong isn't there. So you've got to give him huge credit. I mean, he's been around the block a bit. I thought he did an okay job actually when he was at Celtic as well. He's done a good job wherever he's been. I think Moabrand. Yeah, he's, he's someone that uh, I really rate. He's probably getting better as he gets older as a manager, I think, Tom, just with experience yeah. that he's racked up. He was at Borough as well, wasn't he? Yeah, he, yeah. I know for years he managed Borough, Borough briefly as well, didn't he? I think. Yeah. yeah. I think no, so, I yeah. Blackburn were 40-1 to one at the start of the season uh, for, for the league. Uh, I'm not suggesting that they're going to they're gonna uh, catch Fulham, and, but even each way bet, Blackburn at 40-1, to one, uh, not bad odds, is it? I think it's one that, that, that no one's picked up on. Um, I, I've done the same as as Tom. Uh, I've got a couple of sides that have surprised me. Uh, Sutton, um, yeah, a c- couple of years ago, mid-table, you know, in 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 the National League. Um, Matt Gray's been there a couple of seasons now. Say first first time out, fourteenth you know, second season, won the league, beating Torquay. Um, I think you know he himself admitted this season was about survival. They had to make changes to the pitch in the summer. Uh, they had a plastic pitch. They needed to change that. They needed to make changes to the stadium and the infrastructure around the ground, and, and that took all of their money away, uh, which meant they had to consolidate the squad but try and improve it. Uh, um, he came out and said he, you know he had 18 players that he wanted to keep uh, from last season to give them a chance in, in League Two, and he, he's added a few players on top of that. Start of the season. Uh, favourites for relegation. Um, they currently sit third, fourth points off Tranmere in second. Um, I'm not convinced that they're going to actually end up in the uh, in the playoffs. Unfortunately, uh, if you look at uh, their tenth for xG ratio, thirteenth for shot ratio, um, so they you know they they may be slightly doing better than than maybe their performances warrant. But certainly, uh, I would have had them. As you know, uh, anything outside the relegation zone would have been a great season for Sutton. But to be third at this time of the season shows, you know, what a great season they've had. Um, you know, they've they've done incredibly well. Uh, the other the, the other team I've been surprised with is Swindon. Uh, start of the season, and in the opening game of the season, they didn't really have a squad. There was sort of uh, sort of big upheaval in the summer. John McGreal was the manager. He then walked away and I think he realised that there was lots of financial uncertainty within the club. Uh, the club was sold, um, but they're currently sixth. Two games in hand over the th- over third uh, place side who are Newport and just three points behind them. Um, Stuttering a little bit at the moment. They've lost to East Simpson, who, who's been their main um, sort of hold-up striker. Um, he's gone back to Ipswich while they try and negotiate a, a, a better contract for him. And I think he'll go back out on loan. But yeah, I thought Swindon would be uh, easily in the bottom b- bottom two w- w- where they were going into the opening game of the season. Um, but I think about sort of game two in the season, the sale went through and they were able to go and buy players. Um, disappointing uh, teams that I thought would do better. Bolton, uh, I thought they had a great, a great manager, Ian Everett. If you look at how they finished the previous season when they got promoted, into League One, uh, they won 17 in their last 22 games, and I thought that momentum would carry on. They started well, one defeat in their first seven or eight games, but now it's just four wins in the last 15. Um, they've lost sort of the nucleus of the squad um, that got them promoted. Um, I think maybe they would, their XG would suggest they should be doing a bit better, um, but they're now just five points off relegation. And I thought they might have an outside shot in the playoffs at the start of the season if they could keep that momentum. Um, so yeah, they're 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 sort of two or three sides that I've been either been impressed with or disappointed in. Jerry, what have you got for us? Yeah, it's just on the same sort of theme as you guys are doing. Um, 
which teams have been, you know, surprisingly good and which ones have been underachievers, if you like. Um, the one that I've liked some, I've ended up with egg on my face, um, got totally wrong as Hearts. Um, I did man to post. My guy out of jail card here is I did man to post um, for the Wheel of Betting booklet in July and a lot of the recruitment, you know, they've recruited fantastically, Hearts. A lot of that came in the back end of July, early uh, August, but Last season they won the championship, but those calls for the head of Robbie Nielsen when they were in the championship, they they get um, knocked out of the Scottish Cup. You might remember by non-league Highland team Broader Rangers. They made no such mistake last weekend. Hearts they dispatched another cracking um, non-league team in Auckland like Talbot five 0 in the Scottish Cup. But the difference between Hearts then and, and and what they were last weekend was night and day. Um, they're clear in second place. Um, they've got a seven point gap to the fourth place team Motherwell um, they missed a penalty to draw two each with Celtic last night um, probably no disgrace Hearts were sort of outclassed in the first half with Celtic no disgrace in that but they put in a really good second half performance last night and could have nicked a draw for that penalty if Liam Boyce hadn't hit the post but um, as I spoke to you guys Ellis Sims has come in he he came off the bench for the second half that's going to be a really good addition up top with, with Boyce so I expect him to continue to th- thrive Hearts but looking at their bench last night guys you know their 8 or 9 players on the bench was re- it was really a strong bench for a, a club like Hearts they had Ellis Sims Benny Beningame the other guy from Everton on loan Nathan Atkinson, who's another good find from the uh, Australian leagues. Gary Mackay, Stephen Ben Woodburn in loan for Liverpool. Aaron McInef and Ewan Henderson, who's got goals in them. So, really strong uh, squad there. Barry Mackay has been sensational for him. He's probably been the pick of the recruitment. Um, he's come up for down south. He, he didn't. He had a bit of a no-show last night, to be fair, but in the other games I've watched him, he's been Hearts' best player all season. Cammy Devlin gets stuck in. He's another Australian guy in the midfield. Alex Cochran's been there. John Suter's going to be going to the Rangers. Whether he goes in the next few days or whether he goes in the summer is open to question because Hearts did pick a couple of injuries last night to defenders. But um, Hearts, I had tipped them, believe it or not, for our bottom half position. So totally egg in my face here. Well done to Hearts. And with that backing they've got in Tynecastle, they're a team worth following for um, well, listeners tuning into the pod. Certainly a team to follow over the, the coming weeks. I've got a trio of underachievers, guys, in League One here. Um, I've got Queen's Park, um, Falkirk and Alloa. Um, basically, the three teams were in the bet and we Cove Rangers. The, the four of them were in various bookmakers at the start of the season working at below 5-1 to one in the bet. The three of these teams, Queen's Park are 20 points behind Cove, Falkirk are 21 points behind and Galloway 27 points. So none of these three can win the league, which is a bit of a disaster. Queen's Park are a bit of a strange one. They've been the main, the, probably the biggest disappointment out of the three for me. They romped the League Two last season. They brought in Laurie Ellis as coach, got rid of Ray McKinnon. Leanne Dempster, the, the chief executive, She's they've got no ground at the moment. They're sharing with um, Partick Thistle, as I said earlier. Um, Lesser Hamden they sold Hamden they're meant to be moving into Leicester Hamden but the work hasn't been completed on that for whatever reason there just seems to be a lack of news and nothing happening in it. nothing's really happening in a hurry there that, they got rid of Laurie Ellis a couple of months ago um, before Christmas and they've still no replaced him they've got a guy director of football sort of picking the team at the moment so if I was a Queen's Park fan, I'd be quite disappointed with the season so far. As I say, nothing seems to be moving fast for them. Falkirk, they're on to their second management team. They get rid of Paul Sheeran. Been really disappointed. Really big club, Falkirk, with a really good, strong um, fan base. can see them improving a wee bit over the coming weeks, to be fair. They're bringing, I think they brought in a player for Hull City today. Um, they've got Martin Rennie and Kenny Miller as the, the management team there now. But again... The, the, you know, 20 points off, 21 points off the lead. All they can do, these three teams, is try and get in the, the playoffs for, for promotion. Aloha is not going to make that. They're, they're looking booked for a, a bottom half slot, definitely now. Aloha with Barry Ferguson. They put in a wee bit of a decent performance last week against Celtic in the Cup, but they've lost Ewan Henderson, their aforementioned, back to Hearts on loan. Um, Connor Salmon rolled back the years last week for them putting a good shift up front against Celtic, but ultimately they, they, they weren't good enough, although they were a bit physical against Celtic. That's been in the news up there this week. Um, Aloha's really had a bad season. I think Barry Ferguson's jacket must be on a shaky peg now. Um, they look as if they could be in a relegation playoff at the moment. They're not picking up points at all in the last two, three months, so 
the three teams that have been a trio of underachievers in League One, and I would probably avoid most of them if you're putting them in your hackers um, for the guys that are listening in. But I do expect a wee bit of improvement for Folk Up before the end of the season. Thanks, mate. Uh, so the last sort of segment is, you know, uh, someone asked on Twitter, which teams do we think would be good bets to sort of finish in the top six or seven or in the playoffs? Um, so, Tom, have you got any thoughts? Yeah, um, th- there's a couple that I do like. Um, I just had a look there. Um, you can get these three teams to finish kind of in the playoffs or promotion. So top six, top seven. It's around 15 to one with Betfair. Um, Nottingham Forest, um, they're, they're a side that I was keen on. Um, it's a couple of weeks after Steve Cooper came in, you could tell that they were a side that just knew how to kind of grind out games. They they knew how to get the edge. I think they've got a great balance about them. And you can still get around two to one, I think, for Forest to get into the top six, which I think's fine. I think they're only a point out at the minute. Um, and, you know, I, I don't see too much in way of the other teams who are up there. I mean, West Brom are, are falling like a stone, aren't they, at the minute? And... You know, we mentioned Blackburn. Can they carry on their form? QPR. Even Bournemouth aren't in great nick. Huddersfield. The teams above them, I, I think that Forrester side on the up and potentially a few of them will be on the way down. So I think they're they're not a bad bet. Um, I, I actually bat in the, in the wheel of betting anti-post magazine thing where Luton in quite a few markets very, was very keen on them um, very impressed so far uh, by what I've seen they've got um, two games in hand on the likes of West Brom and Huddersfield um, they're six points off Huddersfield at the minute so win them games in hand um, hypothetically you know that they're level on points with them uh, they're a side that I really love at home especially um, watch them against Bournemouth in that in that game on TV. Um, they were excellent. I, I thought they were good value for that win. And uh, Adebayo, my man, 150 to one top scorer. Hopefully he keeps kind of ch- chipping in with these goals. Um, he's on 11 at the minute. Um, so you're looking at Vyman, who's on 14 in the last place at the minute. Uh, fourth, but you know the the front three are kind of miles ahead, so you're hoping for a bit of place money there. But um, yeah, Adebayo up front is just a player that can convert the good chances that they get. You know, Luton are a side that get into really good areas. You know, in the box, kind of they get the wing backs up. Uh, the crosses are always kind of going across the six yard box, so they've got good xG. Um, Nathan Jones is a manager I love and yeah he's got the players um, playing for him and I think that they could be a nice outside bet because no one's really expecting them to get into the top six and that might help them from kind of a psychological point of view so yeah Forrest and Luton um, they'd be my two kind of in, in the in the championship but let's just take Forrest for the purposes of this treble um, League One I've got um, MK Dons um, I think are still a, a fine bet for a place in the League One playoffs because even though they did get that loss against Donny, I think that you know they're a team that know what they're doing they're, they're kind of about the XG I mean one potential drawback would be O'Reilly the midfielder who was excellent for them um, I'm not sure how a League One side managed to get him uh, but he, he's obviously gone to Celtic which is a bit of a blow um, for them, I'd expect them to do a bit better. Um, but I mean, looking at them at the prices, they are odds on. Um, it's whether that that is value or not. I mean, Sheffield Wednesday around seven to five, and they're a team with two games in hand on quite a few teams. That they were really impressive in defeat at Oxford, actually. Um, but they're they're a side that. I expect to improve under Darren Moore. The more games he gets, I think they will get better. I do think it's a two-year project there for Moore. Um, I don't think his kind of MO was to get Wednesday straight up. I think if they were to sack him, if they did not go up this season, that would be really silly 
from Sheffield Wednesday. Um, but yeah, the, there's again that League One. The, there's teams that you can get at who are up there. Um, you know, Plymouth, Ipswich, Portsmouth. It's kind of like you look at the top ten and you think it's probably going to be anyone from them. And I think Wednesday with a couple of games in hand could be the ones to kind of maybe sneak into into the playoff reckoning. And yeah, if you're just wanting a bit of a bigger price, I'm just looking at the matches played actually. Um, Wednesday on 26 games, MK Dons are on 28, and uh, Wednesday are nine points behind. So may- maybe have a look at Wednesday there. Um, and the third team uh, in League Two was Newport, who are odds on, but I just think they're they're a real solid bet. Um, I really like Robbery. He's all about the XG. I've listened to a lot of his interviews, and he he's all he's kind of a your typical modern modern day manager that I was mentioning earlier, and yeah, he, he just likes to get his sides getting plenty of shots off. Defensively, they've not been great under him, but offensively they've been really good, and they've got Telford, Baker, Richardson, uh, Ollie Cooper. I think staying there for the rest of the season as well. Finner uh, Zaz, they've got plenty of players who are, who are really kind of showing up and showing great form. Um, and defensively, they do have when they've got Dolan fit and they play that back three. I think they're they're pretty solid at the back too. So yeah, Newport really awful team to play against. I think as soon as Wales get rid of these restrictions, they'll have the fans back as well at home, which will be a big boost. Um, so yeah, um, I'd go with Newport. So I think Newport, Sheffield Wednesday, Forest, get yeah, around fifteen to one on them to finish in the top six, or to top seven if you're taking League Two. Maybe have a little dabble on that. Um, but I'll, I'll be posting a couple more anti-post kind of angles next week in in the Telegram once the once the um, transfer window is over. I've just just been waiting and kind of reassessing squads and stuff this week and uh, into next week. So keep your eyes out for them. Thanks, mate. Uh, I've done something very similar. Uh, I've got about seventeen to one shot. Uh, I've got Bala. Uh, my pick to the, the championship. Uh, I think Chris Wilder has come in there, uh, one six drawn two, lost two. He's starting to get his own squad together. He's got Connolly on loan from Brighton. He's got uh, Balogun f- uh, on loan from Arsenal. Uh, I think when you've got Housen, Watmore, McNair already there, uh, I think that's looking quite a good squad. If you look at Bala, fourth uh, on expected points, fourth on XG ratio third on shot on target ratio uh, in the last eight games no side in the championship has won more points uh, than Boa and most importantly they've only got two of the top half to play away from home between now and the end of the season I think they're a great shout uh, to, to get into the playoffs uh, agree with everything that Tom said about the sides that sit above them struggling West Brom uh, looking free ball and question marks over the manager already now uh, Bournemouth are struggling as well. So I, I'm, I think Bowell will be one of the teams that finish in that top six. Uh, next one, I'm going to take Ipswich to finish in the, in the playoffs. Uh, probably the, sort of the long shot of, of the treble I've gone for. Uh, Kieran McKenna's come in after a turbulent time with, with, with Paul Cook. He's now won four of his five games. Uh, it's a very good squad. I think Ipswich were, were favourites for a lot of punters at the start of the season. Uh, McKenna's got them playing some really good football. Uh, they've kept three clean sheets in their five games. Appreciate it's a small sample. But when they only kept four clean sheets out of 23 under Paul Cook, you can see that's quite a big turnaround. Fifth on expected points, six on XG ratio. Last four games, they'll be third on expected points. And what's important for me on this bet is they play Sheffield Wednesday this weekend. They then play Doncaster uh, Don and Gillingham, so two of the, of, of the bottom two clubs. They've then got a massive game against MK Dons, but then they play Burton and Cheltenham at home and Morecambe away. So there's some very e- potential easier games for Ipswich around there. If they can avoid defeat at Wednesday and avoid defeat at MK Dons and pick up plenty of points against the likes of Doncaster, Gillingham, Burton, Cheltenham and Morecambe, I think they'll be a good shout into the top six. Potentially, they could just be two points behind the playoffs if they beat Wednesday on Saturday afternoon. The last game, uh, or last team, sorry, is Mansfield, top seven. Uh, they're currently seventh. Uh, no team has got more points in the last eight games, averaging 2.63 uh, 
which is a huge number of points per game. Uh, they didn't win for 12 games. They had just two wins from Open 14. Um, but the last 11 has played 10 or lost one. If they win on Saturday, it's a club record for eight consecutive wins. Um, an awful run at the start of the season where players were injured, suspended, COVID. Um, but Nigel Clough has said that he wants to ship out more players this week uh, in, the, in the transfer window and keep a small, tight squad where he can keep them happy. Uh, and I think they've got some good players. Hawkins, Oates and Barry up front, I think, are decent. Uh, and I think the run they're on, the momentum they've got, they will finish in the top seven as well. So if you take Mansfield top seven, Ipswich top six, Borough top six, you get about 17 to one. Jerry, have you got anything for us? Yeah, it's just a name check. I think I mentioned them last week. I tipped them up to win last week. Wolves, 13 to eight at Brentford. But I stuck it on Twitter a number of weeks ago, guys. It was uh, a couple of pioneers. Well, one of them was pioneers, guy. Wolves to finish in the top four. I flagged it up on Twitter at... 175 to 1. It's now into 33 to 1. Um, just basically, Man City obviously are convincing. Liverpool's a convincing argument in Chelsea. The fourth place is up for grabs. Arsenal don't convince. Spurs don't convince. Man United don't convince. And West Ham have had a wee bit of a wobble recently and need a wee bit more recruitment, I think. So the fourth place is up for grabs. So I'm hoping, to, well, I'm getting a wee run for money, my money with that. And the other bet I've got for Wolves is them to be um, without Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, and Spurs. Without the big six, the two Manchester clubs, Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, and Spurs, are back Wolves at 10 to 1 to finish top out with those six. They're now into 10 to 3, 4.33. I had it as a match bet, possibly with West Ham. So that's, I backed that at 10 to 1. It's now into just over 3 to 1. So I'm getting a run for my money with them. But Wolves are the team I'm following in England for the, the next, the coming weeks ahead. Look, guys. Yeah, great, great price. Great bet. Um, yeah. Like that. Wolves look good. Just don't concede goals, do they? Yeah, that's a cracking price. Uh, is that it, chaps? Anything else? That's me, I think. Oh, I think we've covered more than enough, mate, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, uh, listeners, if you have questions or things you want us to, to cover, um, we generally put a tweet out on uh, Tuesday uh, or, or Wednesday you know, saying we're going to record the pod. So please do uh, let us know if you've got questions. We'll do our best to answer them. Um, but until then, uh, we'll speak to you all next week. Happy punting. <laughs>